I was through the middle of my first cup of coffee this morning, and uh, you know, I realized that I probably should go do the pod now because if I try to do this thing with on like two, three cups, I mean, who knows where this thing's gonna go? It's probably gonna get bad as it is. So let's get this thing started. I think you can kind of guess, you masochist who come here to listen to me rant for who knows how long. I think you know where this is going. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of danitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who can't wait to hear Derry Downer after he left his... Can't you just be nice? Voice at home. Yeah. <clears throat> this is going to be fun. Well, I don't know for whom, but it's going to be fun for someone. <clears throat> Maybe it's fun for Falcons fans. Maybe it's going to be fun for lunatic Saints fans who are a bit masochistic and actually enjoy life better when the Saints lose. Whoever, whatever. Uh, this is Datitude, episode number 171, for a Monday, September the 25th, 2023. Uh, I'm sure you know this already, but I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, Vicky and the Advocate, and bet.nola.com. And, uh, you know, if you came here for some reassurance that it's just one game and everything's going to be okay, they're still the best team in the NFC South. If you came here for that kind of talk, yeah, uh, yeah. You need to go find some other podcast. You came from the wrong place. Bless your little heart. If you thought today was going to be positive and uplifting. Oh, he'll make me feel better about the Saints. No, I'm probably not. I mean, who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe you'll feel better about yourself. Who knows? But we're going to go on a little ride today. Uh, this is kind of a, you know how I've been telling you over the past over the past few weeks or a couple weeks or whatever, usually I script Derry's Dime. Well, today was kind of a kind of a hybrid, if you want to say. I wrote some ideas down in my head, but then I kind of stopped because I was like half and half. So let's see if you can tell which parts are scripted, which parts aren't scripted. Because some of the parts that are scripted, like I'm like, I ain't reading that. That's even like beyond it for me. That's beyond that's beyond being a jackass for even me. You know, I don't know. There are actually, there were some positives there. But the problem is the positives are so far down the list. It's kind of like, <clears throat> which game do you think the Saints played worse? The first game of the season, they weren't very good and they found a way to win. And now we know that the Titans probably aren't as good as I thought they were. They got smoked yesterday by the Cleveland Browns. And the Saints had to, like, struggle and hang on to win. The Panthers, whom the Saints beat last week, I mean, got smoked in Seattle yesterday by a team that I don't think is very good. So I don't know what's going on. It's only week three. I'm trying not to get 
too far down. But, you know, there's just, there's a problem. Final 26 minutes of, of yesterday's loss, I think is an absolute microcosm of everything that is wrong with this football team. It's why the one loss of Sunday is much more concerning than the optimism that many fans had over the two victories. And I'm not trying, you know, I'm not one that's like, I'm not going to find, oh, well, they lost. Well, he's going to be just super pissed. No, there are times when they lose, and I'm like, okay, well, you lost the game. I mean, either the team was better. I mean, if I would think, if I thought the Packers were a better team than the Saints overall, probably wouldn't bother me as much. You know, if it kind of been a back-and-forth game throughout, I probably wouldn't be that upset about it. I mean, you're upset for a little while and you move on. We've all been a part of losses. But that's not what yesterday was. For the first three quarters of the game yesterday, the Saints actually played, I thought, pretty close to awful. But yet we're still winning 17 to nothing, which tells me a lot about a football team. If you can play... On a scale of 1 to 10, you're playing like a 3 because I thought that's where the – look, don't get fooled by that score. Jordan Love was terrible through the first three quarters. Don't get fooled by that score at all. Well, they were winning 17 to nothing. Don't get fooled at all. Before the, Everything changed when Derek Carr got hurt. No, it didn't. They sucked before Derek Carr got hurt. Don't get fooled by that crap. I'm jumping into Derry's Dime before I even get there. At some point uh, today, by the way, this is uh, a show, you know, this is the normal Monday show. We're going to have uh, sh- stuff. I must call it stuff. Can't call it. I don't want to call it stuff because then I got to do the air quotes every time. So stuff, uh, my son says. And uh, things that make you go, hmm, those two segments, we're going to have those today. It's going to be after Derry's Don. Anyone watch the end of that Ravens game as I... You know, my ADHD. That, that crap cost me a shot at uh, a third straight winning week in best bets to start the season. But we're going to get to that after. Maybe I can help you have some fun and you can take your mind off of the Saints for a few minutes. That, that's coming up later. We're going to hear from Dennis Allen. We're going to hear from Jameis Winston, whether you want to or not. And I might have a little clip from a former Saints coach who you think it's bad being a Saints fan. How'd you like to be a Broncos fan right now? You want to talk about getting your ass kicked. I mean, at least the Saints, they let 17 nothing. I, I mean, you can ask the question, which is worse, losing 18-17 when you had a 17-0 fourth quarter lead or losing 70-20? to I know a lot of times I say I would rather just get my ass kicked, but I don't want to get my ass kicked that bad. I mean, who wants to get beat to where it's record-setting, historic? I mean, it technically wasn't a record. But when you score 20 points and you lose by 50, oof, ouch. Yeah. So as bad as things are for the Saints, it's way worse for the Saints' former coach. We're going to get to that later on. But here we go. It's taking me seven and a half minutes to really get into the dime. Put your seatbelt on. Get that phone out of your thumb's reach. We don't want you fast-forwarding. We don't want you hitting the stop button. We don't want you going to do something else. We want you to listen to every minute of Derry's Diner Day. If you disagree with me when I am done, by all means, please, by all means, reach out to me 
at jderrytheadvocate.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jim Derry Jr. I'll be more to not only respond to your disagreement, um, whether I do it via email, whether I do it via Thursdays or Friday's pod, whether I do it on Bayou Bets, <clears throat> excuse me, but I'll give you a shout-out on the air, one way or the other. So if you disagree with any of this, please feel free. Contact me any way you want. And anyone who is optimistic in any form or fashion from what they saw yesterday, oh, by all means, you reach out to If you have any optimism whatsoever after yesterday's loss or you think that the two wins equal greater than the, two, than the one loss, please, by all means, reach out. I'd love to have that little chat with you some kind of way. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, the things I read this morning on social media are mind-boggling sometimes. Not all of them, so I don't want to call out everyone. I'm not saying that everyone in social media is a moron, because that's not true. It just seems like the morons write more than the non-morons. I mean, there were people this morning <clears throat> all over social media. There were people actually, I'm not making this up. I know a lot of you that listen to the show, because I know a lot of my friends don't have social media. Not a lot, but quite, quite a few. Because they just don't want to read. Well, some of them don't want to be out there. <laughs> That's a whole different story. But some of them just don't want to read it, and I can understand that. There are people out there who are actually blaming this loss yesterday on Jameis Winston. Are you an idiot, is my question to you. Are you an absolute moron? What kind of life do you lead in general if you're blaming this loss yesterday on Jameis Winston? I mean, usually I say, when I, when I say things like this, I follow it up with, if you believe this, you should stop watching football and feed the pigeons on Sunday. But you're beyond feeding I don't think the pigeons want food from you if you're blaming the loss on Jameis. If you think Jameis Winston had 0.1% of the loss yesterday, if you want to give 0.1% of the blame for the loss yesterday to Jameis Winston, you're beyond, don't feed the pigeons, they might get sick. You're an idiot. Sorry, no other way to put it. Flat out idiot. Now, that's not to say that it may not cause a problem later because there's almost zero question we're going to see Jameis Winston going forward. Who knows for how long? I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But the incredibly, you know, I'll get back to social media. The incredibly obvious crux of this, because I want to talk about the problem, because if you can't recognize the problem, then I don't know what you're watching. We're watching different kind of things. I mean, I don't know what we're watching. But the, the problem is easy to find out, you know, but I, I want to give an apology to someone first. I want to give an apology to Trevor Penning. Remember how I've been saying for weeks now Trevor Penning is going to get Derek Carr injured? Oh, well. I mean, with apologies. I mean, really. It was actually Trevor Penning, James Hurst, Eric McCoy, Anders Peaton, especially Ryan Ramchek that got Derek Carr injured. 
I mean, we all knew it would likely happen at some point. I've been saying it for weeks and really months. What the hell would make Derek Carr want to come here in the first place? I mean, I, I get that he never won a division title in nine seasons with the Raiders. And he thought he had a good chance to do that here. Maybe he does. I mean, the NFC South isn't very good. But he has to be able to live that long and stay upright to be able to do so. I'm not sure being able to stand up in street clothes on a sideline wearing a Saints baseball cap and a cast on his right arm would affirm the reasoning for moving his family to New Orleans. Oh, you know, I love my friend Jeff Duncan. But this was a quote from something he wrote this morning. Quote, Derek Carr's shoulder injury was not just a game changer, though it did eventually lead to the Packers' rally from a 17-0 deficit in the final 12 minutes to stun the Saints and spoil their hopes for a 3-0 start to the season. It has the potential to be a season changer depending on the extent of the injury. That's, that, that's not looking... Th- that is like looking at the periphery. That is like driving a vehicle... You're at mile number three, and at mile 3.8, you see a stalled car in the middle of the road, and you see there's a problem. No, the problem is you need to be at mile 3.78 because that's where the sinks are right now. You cannot be that incredibly optimistic. You have to dive into the root of this team's problem, and it's not hard to find. If Derek Carr comes back next week by the grace of God is given full clearance to play against the Bucs, which ain't going to happen. That doesn't change a thing. Not a single freaking thing. This offensive line might be the worst this team has had since the days of Mike Ditka's New Orleans Saints or Dick Nolan's New Orleans Saints, maybe even John North's New Orleans Saints. And unless someone can find a magic wand to fix that, it doesn't matter how good the defense is. It doesn't matter Alvin Kamara is coming back next week. It doesn't matter that Derek Carr avoided a season-ending injury. Boy, how did you feel when you saw that yesterday? I mean, I didn't even know he was hurt that bad when I, when I saw that quote. Ian, I'm watching the Red Zone channel. Red Zone channel puts up something from Ian Rappaport. Derek Carr avoided season-ending. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know it was potentially a season-ending injury. I mean, honestly, I thought at the time it was just a concussion. Then it comes out it's an AC joint. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. But, I mean, so that was scary enough. If you have a shoddy offensive line, you got no shot to do anything. At least not anything that means anything. So how do you fix that, Derry Downer? I mean, how do you fix that? I have no idea. Actually, I, I kind of know the answer. You don't is the answer. You don't, in week three, fix your offensive line. You don't fix it. You just hope and pray to God they, A, play a little better so your backup quarterback doesn't get killed, and when your starter comes back, he doesn't get killed again. I mean, Dennis Allen... Pete Carmichael, Mickey Loomis don't know how to fix it. You can be as optimistic as 
your mama was to you way back when when you dropped the game-winning pass in the fifth grade. Ain't going to help anything. You can either catch or you can't catch. You can either block an edge rusher or you can't block an edge rusher. And 12 sacks in three games says the Saints can't block an edge rusher. And I'm not just talking about Trevor Penning. I mean, I actually thought if there is any kind of slight positive whatsoever, I actually thought Penning played his best game of the season yesterday. I don't think he did that bad. In fact, there were a few times when I had to go back and watch when Carr got sacked. I'm like, I think he got sacked from the right side. Ramchek couldn't even – if Ramchek had COVID, Rashawn Gary has nothing to worry about. He didn't get close enough to Ramchek to even to get a breath from him. He doesn't have to worry about a damn thing. He's not sick. You don't even need to take a test. Ryan Ramchek had no answer whatsoever trying to stop Rashawn Gary. How do you fix that? You don't. You should have fixed it. You should have seen it. You should have seen it. You don't, you don't see that now. You don't like, and, and the response from Dennis Allen was so freaking predictable. Again, I've said this for weeks now. I'm not asking for a coach to go out there and ream his players. But simply, yeah, we, did, we didn't play well, and we got to get better BS. I mean, you might as well not even go out there. But sure, we'll listen to you. I thought second half, you know, too many uh, explosives, um, penalties down the field, uh, which I thought, you know, ended up costing us in, in the game. So uh, we've got to get in more. We've got to make the corrections, and, and we've, got to, we've got to learn from this, and we've got to get better from it. No, I don't think so. I mean, I just don't think we executed as well as we should have, and I think they did, you know. Um, so that's that's really what it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I look overall. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say like it wasn't good enough for any of us. Um, so I'm not I'm not pointing anybody individually out. I'm just saying as a team we weren't good enough. Uh, we got to be better than that, particularly in the second half. Now well, look, I, there's a couple of them where we just got beat early, you know. Um, and so um, we'll have to keep looking at what are we doing technique wise. What are we teaching? You know, are we teaching the right the right things? Um, and uh, but certainly that's that's an area that we've got to you know we've got to get better at that because it's, it's not been good enough. I mean I appreciate semi candor. It's not been good enough. I mean look, I've been nice to Pete Carmichael to start this thing, but he by far had his worst game coaching in this one. I thought he did an okay job in the first two games, and I realize you know. That going into this one, you're you're handcuffed because Alvin Kamara suspended, Jamal Williams is hurt, so you're down your your top two running backs. I understand that, so I'm not going to blast you here. But what worked last week? I mean, it's pretty clear. We talked about it right at the top of the show last week. Taysom Hill, nine carries, 75 yards. What did he have yesterday? Four carries, 12 yards. He didn't even try to run the ball. 22 carries, in my opinion. Again, my opinion, when, when you have a 17 to nothing lead going into the, it'd be one thing if you were trailing 18 nothing and were trying to come back, and then you lost 18-17. Even then, I would say that 22 carries isn't enough. 
But when you have a 17 to nothing lead going in to the fourth quarter and you ran the ball 22 times all day, I understand that you think you may not have very good running backs and you're not, you're not wanting to lean on them. I understand that. But you completely went away from what's been working, and this is a recurring theme with Pete Carmichael. He outsmarts himself. You worry, you know, Taysom Hill, how, how many times have we seen Taysom Hill do anything good two games in a row? It doesn't do it. Because if he has a really good game, the next week it's like they intentionally avoid using him. And I don't understand it whatsoever. Oh, well, you know, because people joke about how you know it's coming. When Taysom Hill's in the game, he runs the football. So I get that. But that doesn't mean you go away from it because it worked last Oh, my God, it worked last week. They're going to think, oh, the, oh, look at this, Dennis. <laughs> A little elbow action. Look at this. They think we're going to do it again. <laughs> they think we're going to use Taysom Hill again. Oh, we'll fool them. It's truly mind-boggling. But if you can't block for your quarterback, it all stems from that. So, I mean, you can be great at everything. It doesn't make a difference. We've talked about this before. Your defense could be – you could have the number one ranked defense in the NFL. doesn't make a difference. By the way, the Saints didn't play like the number one defense in the NFL. And I'm talking about before. Before it was even 17-3, to three, the Saints didn't play that great. So don't let that 17 to nothing thing fool you. Jordan Love was missing. He couldn't hit the broad, broad side of a cruise ship if we were standing on the edge of the dock in the first two and a half, three quarters. So don't let that crap fool you. Don't let 17 to nothing fool you. At what point did a normal fan or a person who's been watching football for a long time think that that lead was safe? I mean, I had a good friend of mine text me when it was 17 to nothing and they were driving for the field goal. And we have this little joke, like he'll text me and say the Saints are going to win this game. And you know what? More time than not when he texts me that, he's right. You get the feeling, right? You know pretty much going into the fourth quarter – I'd say 85 to 90% of the time, you know whether the Saints are going to win or going to lose. Maybe every team if you watch them close enough. But certainly if you're a Saints fan, you know. If you've been watching this team for any length of time, you pretty much know. You can feel when something weird is going to happen. You can feel when, I mean, come on. Who thought Blake Groupie was going to make that field goal? Raise your hand, even though I can't see you do it anyway. Well, at least if you're by yourself and no one can see you so you don't look like a fool. Raise your hand if you thought Blake Groupie was going to make that field goal. Stop it, you liar. There's not, I mean, no one. I don't know, obviously Blake Groupie didn't think he was going to make it either. But had he made the field, and I'm, here's another thing people were blaming this morning. Actually, one, well, some of them were blaming it yesterday and I didn't see it until this morning because, again, I don't go on social media during a Saints game, and more times than not, I don't go on it right after. The only time I do is when I'm working, I'm in the dome, I'm working the game, and I don't have a choice, and I'm only on Twitter, and even then, I'm probably not looking to see what other people are posting. 
But people were blaming the decision, the Will Lutz for Blake Groupie decision. They were blaming that. You're a moron. You're almost as big of an idiot as blaming Jameis Winston. Not quite, but close. Because even if Blake Groupie had made that field goal, let's be honest, let's be realistic. There was still a minute and 10 seconds left. So it's 20 to 18, and the Packers get the ball back, and they only need to kick a field goal to win the game. And there's a minute and, let's say by the time they got the ball back, and we're at their own 25 with a minute and 10 to go. You don't think in 70 seconds the way they were playing? I mean, they had a 40-yard pass or whatever it was to some dude I never heard of. You don't think they were going to drive down the field and score? You're out of your mind. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And so now the Saints need to go forward, and you literally, where this team is right now, you have to hope and pray that the line plays better. You have to start. You know how we were talking in the beginning of the season about how we felt really good about the Saints' schedule because the best quarterback they played was maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe even Ryan Tannehill. That's how bad it was. And I still think that's probably true, that those are the best three quarterbacks this team will play. But now you're really, I think we were looking at the wrong thing. you got to look at the schedule and says, say to yourself, who has the best edge rusher? Is Rashawn Gary one of the top edge? Now, he's good, but he is one of the top edge rushers this team is going to play? I think you got to worry about, I, I would have never said this even a week ago. But I think you've got to worry about Tampa Bay now. Why? Because what do they do well? Yeah, I don't care about their 2-0, and and I think they're going to get blown out tonight. But what do they do? Why? Because I think their strength is their defense. And Philadelphia's strength is not only Jalen Hurts, but clearly their offensive line. So I think that Philadelphia's going to win big tonight. But what can Tampa Bay do and has done? Rush the quarterback. Four sacks, three games in a row. Exactly four sacks. Derek Carr got sacked three times yesterday. Jameis Winston came in and played a quarter and a half, and he got sacked, and he's lucky he didn't get sacked more than that. He got one time, he got hit really hard as he released the ball, and he's lucky that wasn't a sack. Four sacks, 29 yards in, in uh, lost yardage. Three games, 12 sacks. If you get sacked four times a game, you're not going to win anything that means anything. Period. Derek Carr, 13 of 18 for 103 yards and a touchdown. Jameis Winston, pretty similar numbers. 10 of 16 for 101 yards. They weren't that much different. Going back to, and this is, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or whatever now. This is why if, you were, if you're still, oh, well, first of all, if I called you an idiot, you, you stopped listening to me anyway. I don't care. But those numbers are, are similar. They're not that much different. Derek Carr is definitely better than Jameis Winston, in my opinion. I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe we haven't seen enough Jameis Winston. Who the hell knows? The point is that if you go by those numbers from yesterday, playing against the same offensive line with your same weapons, and they have almost the same numbers, and Winston was only in for a quarter and a half. You can't blame the quarterback, either one of them.
but now you're dangerously thin and you're in deep trouble. And your third-string quarterback, Jake Hayner, the rookie, is suspended for three more games. So if something happens to Jameis Winston, you're forced to use Taysom. Oh, please, let me use, let's use Taysom anyway. You're a moron. You're a moron. You think Taysom Hill should be the quarterback right now? I'm going off all over the place, but the, you know that just goes to show how many problems this team has. You can be the number one defense on the planet, but if you can't block for your quarterback, it don't mean jack. How much? How bad is Derek Carr hurt? No one's talking about that right now, which is never a good sign. It's been my experience that if someone's not giving a timetable, and maybe it's just too early, maybe we'll hear one today, but I kind of doubt it, as I record this at 8-something in the morning. But going through and reading doctors and watching doctors' videos, and I watch more than one, I think the minimum, the bare minimum, and I'm not a doctor, and this is pure speculation, I think the bare minimum, you're lucky if he's only going for two weeks. Super lucky if he's only going for two weeks. So there are three different grades of a, an AC joint separation. Grade one, you could potentially come back in a week. Um, not likely. But from wh everything that I was reading slash seeing, that the fact that he was in that much pain and the fact that they sent him to the hospital to check it out. Now, they were probably checking a lot of other things at the same time. But the fact that they sent him to the hospital means that at the bare minimum, it's probably a grade two se separation. And grade two means two to four weeks. Derek Carr has obviously been sort of an Iron Man throughout his career, which is a good thing um, if you're... That, that would tend to suggest that he's going to come back earlier rather than later. That's why I say at the bare minimum, it's two weeks. If it's a grade three separation, you're talking two to three months, which would mean, obviously, December-ish, Thanksgiving-ish, if you're lucky. Let's hope it's not that. Again, even if you think Jameis Winston is a capable starter, which I do. But no matter who you are, what you think, and I, I like the way Jameis handled the press conference yesterday, you're a so dangerously thin now with an offensive line that is playing like one of the worst two or three offensive lines in the NFL. I have not gone to um, PFF's grades, and maybe I should do that. I'm going to do that before Bayou Bets this afternoon and see where they rank. Got to be in the bottom. The first number's got to start with the three in their ranking. They either got to be 30th, 31st, or 32nd. There, there's, there's no way they're better than that. Because, look, I have seen some pretty bad offensive line play across the NFL. I mean, again, just think you could be a fan of the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the, I don't know, the Denver Broncos. So I like what Jameis Winston had to say. Let's, let's hear some of it. Is Derek okay? And uh, hopefully he will be fine. And uh, the second thing is, hey, I'm, I'm prepared for this opportunity. 
uh, I, I've been there before, and uh, and I was ready. Yeah, I mean, we 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 we've been here before, you know. Uh, I believe we are prepared. Uh, we have a tough division opponent next week, uh, and this is a great opportunity for all of us uh, to just be accountable for ourselves and come together closer, come closer together as a team, and go out there and execute and get a win. I appreciate Jameis Winston being as optimistic as possible. And Lord knows that dude must be an optimistic person just in general. To go through the crap that he's been through in this town and with this team and to stay here as a backup. Now, granted, he's getting paid pretty well. He's definitely getting paid than more than, I'd say, 99.99993% of the people who listen to the show. But still, I mean, he could go somewhere else and probably get somewhere close. I have said this as well, maybe not as many times as I should, but I think that Jameis Winston is either the best backup in the NFL or one of the top two or three. You can disagree all you want, but name me, name me three better backups in the NFL. Go ahead. I'll wait. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you see what he did yesterday? I mean, he did okay, but he did what Andy Dalton does. He lost. Well, Jameis Winston's going to How do you know? We're going to get a chance to see, and we're going to get a chance to see for at least a couple weeks because uh, is this team going to be better with Alvin Kamara in it? I hope so. I mean, one thing that Alvin Kamara brings to this team, and I think maybe it was hidden a little bit last year, and Look, I've said on multiple occasions, I like, you know, I like to say I've said multiple occasions. This time, this is going to kind of prove me potentially maybe that I was a little wrong about Alvin Kamara. Maybe Alvin Kamara wasn't nearly um, as ineffective as I thought he was. Maybe Alvin Kamara was hiding the ineptness of this offensive line. I mean, that's, that's possible. I mean, maybe Alvin Kamara is just that damn good to where he had kind of an off year for him for, by his standards. But in the grand scheme of things, what I didn't see last year, and that's my fault if I didn't, was this offensive line was just as bad last year. I mean, think about it. Jameis Winston got hurt early on. Andy Dalton came in. I mean, one thing that Andy Dalton does have, and I'll give him that, is a quick release. You got to have a quick release with this team. So maybe that's what Kamara was doing. Maybe the Saints will be better. I mean, maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of maybes in there. I mean, the good thing is Atlanta lost. They're 2-1. and one. The Bucs play tonight. We don't know what's going to happen with them, although I have a pretty good idea. They're five-point underdogs. I think they ought to be like eight-point underdogs. And Carolina's 0-3. So... As far as the hierarchy of this division, the Saints have still a better, I think, I, I truly believe this. I, and I haven't looked at it, so I don't know what the odds are. They're probably off the board because Derek Carr's hurt. But I would say the Saints have a better than 50-50 shot still of winning the NFC South because I think they're the best team in the division. Even That shows you how bad the division is, by the way. If you have a bad offensive line as the Saints have, and I still think you're the best division in the best team in the division, says a lot. Will they be able to overcome? Again, 
this has been 30 minutes or whatever of Derry Downer. I will give Trevor Penning props. As bad as the O-line was yesterday, I thought, except for the beginning, because Rashawn Gary actually lined up on the against Trevor Penning at first, and he gave up a sack, and then he moved to the other side and blew Ryan Ramchek away. I thought Trevor Penning played his best game yesterday by far and actually thought not just that he played his best game, I thought he played okay. Not great. We haven't even talked about the injury to Cesar Ruiz, which forced James Hurst to play right guard and brought Andrus Pete back in. Well, well, that answered one of my questions, that Andrus Pete obviously is healthy enough to play. I actually thought the left side of the line did okay. If you go back and watch the game, if you have it on DVR, I know it's going to be painful. It would be painful. But the left side of the line didn't do that poorly. It was the right side of the line. And before Cesar Ruiz got hurt, Ryan Ramchek was that bad, man. So I don't know. I'm going to give them a chance. Maybe they can get better. Maybe they won't get better. Um, but if they don't get better, then that 50-50 shot they got to win the division, it's going to be on the wrong side of 50-50. If the offensive line doesn't play better, I don't really care who the quarterbacks you play are. doesn't matter because you're not going to score any points. The Saints have this incredible, and I mean incredible, streak now where they have not allowed more than 20 points in 11 straight games. That is an incredible streak in today's NFL. You think about, so I mean, Arizona scored, what, 28 on Dallas yesterday? And Dallas had the second longest streak going into yesterday, and I think it was three or four. So to not allow 20 points or more in 11 straight games is incredibly good. But the problem is now you've played three games and you haven't scored over 20 points in a game. That's a problem. Because this offense was supposed to be much better. Again, I get Alvin Kamara isn't here and hasn't been here, and it's coming back next week. But Chris Olave has been fantastic. Michael Thomas has been better than I expected, way better than I expected. Rashid Shaheed didn't play a role in the offensive uh, game yesterday, which is another, like, why. I don't get that, but okay, whatever. But he's been better than I expected. Jimmy Graham's already caught one more touchdown than I expected for the entire season. Yeah, that's one. That would be one. So the offensive weapons themselves haven't been, have not been a disappointment. Derek Carr has been basically what I thought he would be, pretty damn good. Jameis Winston's only played a quarter and a half. I'm not giving him credit, nor am I laying any blame. Just goes to show you, we say it over and over again, I've said it 38 times in this show, the importance of your offensive line. And, again, it's obviously more than just your left tackle because if your right tackle plays like crap, you suck, you suck there too. I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's the dime. It was a long dime. I get it. But, again, you could be a fan of the Denver Broncos as we you know, move on here. There were – did you hear Sean – they didn't play Sean Payton's conference, uh, post-game press conference anywhere. I had to go find it. And he definitely had it, 
did did you guys see any of that game, or did you see, just see how? I mean, one good thing about the Red Zone Channel when the Saints are on the road, because when the Saints are on the road, I can have the Saints up on the main TV and kind of have an eye on what's going on around the league at the same time, and basically watch everything. I mean, it's it's not a hard, it's not hard, it's not easy to do uh, all the time, but man. I know Tua is good, and I have not been, um, I have not given enough credit to Tua Tagovailoa as I should have. I guess the problem with Tua is that I have is I'm just waiting for him to get hurt. I mean, he's literally like one or two concussions away from being out of the league. And maybe he'll make it 17 games. If he does, the Dolphins are going to be tough to beat. If he doesn't, they'll be like they were last year. A disappointment again. Tyreek Hill is one of the top offensive players. They they did all this without Jalen Waddle, by the way. And look, Raheem Mostert is good. And Devon A. Chain is, I mean, for a rookie, fine. He hadn't done anything his first two games. But I think Denver played like they played at the end of last season. They quit. And when you got a team that quits like the one that played yesterday, makes you go, hmm. By the way, that's not part of the things that make you go, hmm, segment. But Sean Payton was back to his old self yesterday, at least for one point, one little piece. He only had a three-minute and 52-second press conference. Typical Sean Payton when they lose. Uh, But he definitely got a a Payton-esque quip in there. I know that said it's embarrassing, but this is kind of an historic game. I mean, it's like I'm more. Third time the team has scored 70 points over 700. What's the question? I mean, What's the question? I just finished telling you. Historically embarrassing. Next question. Do you miss that? I don't know. I kind of don't. I mean, I'm biased because I'm in the media, but I, I kind of don't. I mean, I know I don't want to be hypocritical because I say I want a coach to say what's on his mind, and I really do. I don't know. He's just such a jackweed. I mean, I've, I saw somebody uh, put on social media like, you ungrateful SOBs. How could you root against Sean Payton? Because it makes me feel a little better. I got to be honest. As pissed off as I was yesterday, again, not necessarily that the Saints lost, but how they lost. I think, again, you can accept losses in all kinds of different fashions. When you have a loss like they had, yes, that one just stings. It, it pisses you off. So I got to admit, the Sean Payton thing, the 70 to 20, you scored 20 and lost by 50. You scored, let that sink. You scored 20 and you lost by 50. I don't know why it made me feel a little better, but it did. So I don't know. I just thought I would throw that in the show. For I know some people will probably laugh at that, a chuckle. And if we can find any way to chuckle this morning, then by all means, let's do it. Speaking of chuckling, before we go off the air, my, my two new segments, I'm going to spend a minute or two in each one, and then we're going to go bye-bye. Um, the, if you've been listening, if you listened last week, I do have a new segment. It's, um, I, I, I and originally called it Stuff My Son Says with air quotes around stuff, and I had to tell you that I was using air quotes. So that didn't really work, so I came up with, and I'm going to come up with an intro, like a little little stuff my son says. I mean, I'm going to come up with something, but don't have it yet. So it's 
stuff, my son says. And this is actually something he didn't say because he, he must have lost his ass yesterday because I didn't hear from him. When I go on NFL Sunday and he doesn't text me, and I was looking at his fantasy team. One of his fantasy teams did really well. Um, and so usually he's bragging about that, that stuff. So that stuff. So he must have had a really, really, really bad day betting because my phone didn't bleep. I, I had to turn my phone off at one point because other people were texting me about stuff that, look, I'm already mad. Don't make me matter. But went back. When I turned it back on, not a single text from him. So he must have did really. But here's, here's, the, here's the thing. So we have this family group text. Before the, before the games even started, like I'm talking like 8.39 in the morning on Sunday. He's talking about how awful he feels to everybody, letting everybody know how bad he feels. Didn't know, didn't realize that apparently the wifey, uh, there was some kind of party they were supposed to go to at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, in his defense, and um, look, if you don't, no, no one's going to disagree with me, I don't think. Listen, if you listen to this podcast, you're not going to disagree with the following statement, I don't think. Um, but if you do, too bad. Um, if you plan a party of any sort for anything, for any reason, during a Saints game around this area, if you live in southeast Louisiana, if you live anywhere within 70 miles of New Orleans, you know what, Baton Rouge isn't 70 miles, Let's make it 85. If you live within 85 miles of New Orleans and you plan a party of any sort during a Saints game, you deserve to have no one there. And I mean no one there. Not even your kid. You deserve to have no one there. It's the only time we can have BS. You, I mean, well, some people don't like football. Yes, but most people want to watch the Saints game. And if you're planning a party at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, you don't give a rat's ass about the people who want to come to your party. You just care about what time's good for you. Just saying. Just saying. So I wouldn't go either. And people have had parties during Saints games, and I don't go. Ain't happening. That being said, so... He's young, and he doesn't know how to um, get out of these sorts of things or just say, I'm not going. He hasn't got there yet. I, I get that. So he says he's sick, okay, which I think he actually was kind of sick. Whether he was too sick to go to a party, I don't know. But here's the point. As the wifey is about to walk out of the house with the baby and go to this party, the son's uh, best friend walks in the house to watch football. Yeah. Apparently, that didn't go over real well. So today's stuff, my son says, is more like stuff my son did. Uh, he's going to learn. When he learns, I'm going to run out of material, though. I won't be able to have the segment anymore. It's going to be fun. Before we go off, uh, we do have one more segment, things that make you go, hmm. And I'm definitely going to have an intro for that. You know, last week we talked about uh, the Rams, for some unknown reason, running up to spike the ball with four seconds left so they could kick a field goal that cut a 10-point deficit to seven, which got them within the spread. And sh by the way, Sean McVay says he had no idea what the spread was. He's full of shenanigans. Shenanigans. So yesterday's, 
You know, I keep saying, I hate when people say the NFL is fixed. It bothers me. The NFL hates the Saints. They don't hate the Saints. But it's hard to defend that they're not fixed at certain points when you see things like you saw yesterday. Last week, the same week of the Rams 49ers, we saw Sean Payton get screwed uh, when there was an obvious pass interference on a two-point play they didn't call. That one didn't affect me, so I just chuckled at it. The one yesterday affected me, and it pissed me off. It's actually keeping me from having the chance of having a third straight week to open the season with best bets over 500. I have no chance to do that because I'm 1-3 and three going into tonight. I could have been 2-2 two and two going into tonight. One of my best bets was Bills-Ravens teaser. And I'm not going to go into the whole thing explaining the teaser, but basically the Ravens had, for me to win, um, for me to win my bet, the Bills easily covered their end of the bargain. The, Bill, the Ravens had to win by more than two. So if, if you didn't see the game basically yesterday, they had a chance to win in regulation and couldn't do it. Um, Justin Tucker missed a 61-yard field goal. It was short, which just goes to show everybody ages because Justin Tucker doesn't miss those kinds of field goals. But it was short. It was on the money. It was like two yards short. So they get a chance in overtime. Both teams get the ball. Neither team can do anything. Ravens get the ball again. And they get to like just shy of the 50. Or maybe, yeah, somewhere around, somewhere around midfield. Maybe just on the other side of the field. I don't know where, exactly where it was, and I'm not calling up the play-by-play. Point is, it's fourth down and like two. Lamar Jackson gets out of a little trouble. And if you haven't seen this play, most of you are probably know exactly what I'm talking about. But he throws it into the hands of a receiver who is clearly, and I mean clearly, it, I think it was worse than last week's two-point try. There was, there's no doubt about it. If I would have been on the other side, I would have said, thank you, Jesus. Clearly pass interference. They don't call it. And Indianapolis goes, they only had to go like 25 yards to get in the field goal range. They do. They kick the field goal. They win. Teaser doesn't cover. But it's things like that that make you wonder. Like, who important, and this is the things I can't help but think of because I'm human, and I always tell people not to say this, not to think of it, but here I am saying it because it makes you wonder. Did somebody important have the Indianapolis money line yesterday? Or did somebody else have a teaser that they wanted to lose? It's probably more along the lines of Indianapolis, had somebody had the Indianapolis money line. Paid like three and a half to one. Makes you wonder. Just saying. So two weeks in a row now, I have a, something to fill this things that make you go, hmm, segment. And I hope I don't have one every week. Like I said, the, the first one didn't really affect me. Even the, like the Rams-Niners, I didn't have a bet on that game, but it certainly made me go, hmm. And then the same week, you got the obvious pass interference on the two-point play they don't call. I mean, you know, when you don't call these things, you're like, oh, you can't call that in the final minute. Well, someone, just as much as someone's going to win on it, someone else is going to lose. Why can't you call them? I never understood that. I mean, I get it, letting Ticky Tack go, but you can't let blatant obvious go. It's the same on a Hail Mary. I've seen Hail Marys in the recent, like within the last couple of weeks, by the way, where it's clearly pass interference. You still have to, you have to call it. 
If it's clear, you have to call it. Anyway, that's where I stand. 52 minutes. 52 minutes of mostly being pretty ticked off. I mean, are we going to get over this ticked offness? Probably. They win next week, it solves a lot of problems. And right now, uh, I, from what I hear, I have not gone and looked it up, but I have to go look it up because I have to write something up very shortly. Saints are going to be favored next week against the Ravens, whether, well, not whether or not, we know that Derek Carr is not going to play. I mean, I think there's a 99.5% chance he doesn't play next week. I think there's about a 98% chance he doesn't play the week after that. So then we'll, we'll worry about it after that. Hopefully we'll get an update uh, soon. My guess is that the update will come to Monday. If you're, I don't know when you're, whenever you listen to this, you might have already got an update by the time you listen to this podcast, but my guess is it will be either Monday afternoon or sometime Tuesday, although Tuesday's a day off. Still think it will be then. All right, that is going to wrap up the show. Um, if you made it throughout this entire thing, again, <laughs> clap. That's a lot of Derry Downer in there. I had to get it all out. I feel much better now. I don't feel better about the Saints, but I feel better about myself personally. I mean, that's the only thing that matters, right? It is my show. It's supposed to be cathartic. I mean, cathartic to whom? I don't know. Somebody feels better. I hope it's you. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Remember we we just said things that make you a home. I went and found it. Okay. That'll be our outro. Because there are lots of things that make you a home. Mm. Not just referees calls. I mean, you think by three games into the season, you realize we got to do something about our offensive line. Don't you think you'd figure it out by now? Don't you think you'd figure it out in the off season? Oh, no, it's not that bad. We'll just go get Trey Turner. He'll be a good backup. Oh, wait, Trey Turner got her out for the season. What happens if he gets hurt? Oh, I don't know. We'll be fine. Things that make you go, I mean, if my 55-year-old fat ass sitting here in front of a microphone can figure out in July you got offensive line problems, you'd think people who make a lot of money doing this stuff would know that, right? But not that I'm bitter or pissed about it or anything. Things that make you go, hmm. What is going to make us go, hmm, later this week? I know. Uncle Big Nick's going to be back on Thursday. He might make you go, hmm, because he had a great week. Obviously, I'm not having a great week. We are going to make you some money on Thursday. And then Friday, Larry Holder will be back as we preview Saints at Bucks and NFL Week 4. We know you'll be with us in this afternoon. Buy you bets on all these all, on all of our bet.noah.com and noah.com stations. We hope you can join us. We'll see you later in the week. Feel better about yourself. It's going to be okay. If I can feel better, you can feel better. Talk to you later. Peace and love, my friends. Robbie Rob, break it down.